0: you're listening to my dad's podcast it's the ron and don show only on ronanddonradio.com all right look out now here we come it's the ron and don show only on the ron and don radio network everything at ronanddon.com and here we come with episode number 23 don't forget to subscribe and when you subscribe and sign up for the newsletter we got a whole bunch of information about the Ronadon Nation coming your way. Don't.
1: Yeah, it's really easy. just Go to ronadon.com, click on that radio microphone and then it's right there. Put your email in, you will get it every single week uh week and week when the, when the show drops.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, don't forget, if you buy a t-shirt, a Ronadon Nation t-shirt, take a picture of that anywhere in the world. We'll put it up on our social medias. $5 goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. And then on the other side of that, you can buy a dog bandana, too, if you want to.
1: Absolutely. $15. bucks. i am loving the pictures of all the pups coming in. So keep sending those. Uh, when you get the newsletter, just hit reply, and I, I see the attachment there. All right.
0: We're going to do something kind of weird, and I just I want you to go with me all right. on this. Okay? So I, I just read some research, and I think it's going to help our relationship and I've been trying this with my son all right to see if I can help with that really cuz sometimes when you're 9 years old you're trying to kind of disconnect from your parents and you're starting to connect with friends and all that other stuff which I actually think is healthy and good uh at the same time they said that we should still be hugging our kids but there's a certain way that we should be hugging our kids. So I want you to come over here. Oh boy! And you're going to play the part of my son. So come on over real quick. If you are would. you going to hug me? So, right? What's that? Are you going to hug come me? Come just come over here. Ah. Just I, I can't tell you. I didn't send you the article, and the reason I didn't want to send you the article is because I didn't want you to know what's going on here. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this you very uncomfortable. I'm going to give you a hug. Just so we're going to be a real hug. It's just you, you and you and I in the house right ah, now. Ah, I'm gonna what, give you. For a, what reason? I'm gonna give you a hug. For I want, what reason? I want you to mentally count to three and just tell me when you're done. All right.
1: Tell me when I'm done with the hug. With the three. When oh. you're at,
0: when you're at three, one, two, and just say you're done. All right. All right. And, and then, I can count very fast. And then, and then tell me how you feel. Okay. okay. But tell me how you really feel. All right. You promise. This is really right, come weird. In, come come Take here. Take your
1: glasses off if you're gonna cry. I'm gonna cross okay. your glasses. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a
0: good hug. Are you, All right. You ready? All right. Come here. Oh boy. All right now. Now, count to three, and then tell me how you feel. All uh, right, I've, I've counted to three. Yeah, how, how, do you, how do you? We're not done yet, though. Ah! Yeah, how do you? How do you feel with the three-second hug? How was that for you? Awkward. Okay, what else though? What else would you?
1: Uh, you're warmer than I am. Did you work out this morning? Yeah, I did. I, All I right, went for a trail run today. Because I have to turn the heater off in my house, or it's really loud. So okay. it's cold in here. Okay, so, so so
0: it's awkward, but awkward, but warm. Warmer. Did you enjoy anything about it?
1: uh it was fine yeah like i don't know just not as bad as i thought okay, it was gonna be we go
0: one more time one more time all right one more time i'll throw a little science at you and again this is the reason okay why this is so weird i didn't send you the science so so now we're gonna go come in. we're gonna go from, all right i'm gonna get you in a hug and then i'm okay. gonna tell you and don't say anything all right and i want you to just mentally enjoy this hug we're gonna go 20 seconds all right? Wow. So you have to count yourself 20. And then immediately, I want you to tell me what you feel. And what Am you I be, supposed to hug back? I want you to be on. No, no hug. Just let, all right. just let me hug just, you. Just be like a, you know a, a rag doll. Do you feel like hugging back? No. If you feel, feel like hugging no. back, hug back. No. You don't want to hug back. All right. Not really. You ready? Okay. All right. Here, here we go. All right. Count to 20. Uh, three, two, one, go. Your headphones
1: jamming in my ear. Oh,
0: sorry about that.
1: I'm not counting. You're about 10. Okay. You always run this hot?
0: 19, and that's that. That's 20. Okay. Now how you feel? You might have a metabolism problem. You're like 106 degrees. Okay. How, how, so, so sit over there. Over. I want you to be super honest, though. I want you to be super honest and talk a little bit about your feelings and how you feel. And what was it like being hugged for three seconds by somebody you know that loves and cares about you? Because you know I love and care about you. And then, and then the twenty-second hug. How did the twenty-second hug feel?
1: I mean, it was fine. Like seriously, you're really hot. Yeah. Like uh, abnormally hot. Are you sick right now?
0: No, I'm not sick.
1: Okay, because that that was alarming of how okay. hot you were. So are. you're
0: so, the, so that was distracting. One, so number one, the hug was alarming.
1: It was distracting it's of distracting. how warm your body temperature okay, is. Okay, what else?
0: Um.
1: It's, it was an artificial um, scenario. Yeah. There have been times in, in my life and your life when there was a legitimate reason to have a hug. Okay. And in those moments, it felt more natural and okay. good. Yeah. Uh, but like in that scenario, it felt really awkward. <laughs> it did. Your okay. headphone was jamming into my ear. Yeah. You were overly hot. Okay. I knew we were recording. Right. So I couldn't really get into the flow state and you know, just we're, enjoying the we're, hug.
0: We were the only ones here. What if Charlie's dog walked in? You're probably concerned about that, right? Uh, not the dog, but it was just... No, I, I get... So what, what does the science say, it's, I it's guess? new research out, and it says, on average, we all hug. When we hug somebody, we do it in an insincere fashion. Right. We're looking for the other person to hug back, and when we, they don't hug back, we get insecure about it, and we pull out after two to three seconds, and we're done, And they say there's a lot of good science to back the fact that if we will hug each other, if you will hug other humans, you have that human-to-human contact, and you'll do that for at least 20 seconds and get past the awkwardness of 20 seconds. And I'm talking about doing this with your kiddos. I'm talking about doing this with your spouse, your partner, your grandfather, whoever it is. Uh, Probably not your workmates. You might get in some trouble there. Uh, but I don't know. Some people some some people at work, they like to hug. They have a yeah, hug. I don't know door. if I
1: do 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, so nonetheless, they say after 20 seconds, it releases a lot of pos- positive endorphins uh, in your body, and it should make you feel pretty good for the next couple hours, and it also should make you feel like not only do you want to receive those kind of hugs, but you want to turn around and you want to share those kind of hugs with other people. So, again, the research saying we hug in our culture but we're just not hugging long enough and we should really spend some time lingering think about this you travel overseas and you'll see men sometimes right grown men that that aren't necessarily gay that are holding hands that are hugging yeah, that are taking naps that is true. uh on each other's chest they're very very comfortable Uh, with hugging and showing affection, sometimes more comfortable showing affection to other men than they are in public actually showing affection to women.
1: Well, if you're comfortable with this thing, you should try. There's a a deal out. It's called 36 Questions to Uh, fall in love with a romantic partner.
0: Okay. The last item
1: on the 36 Questions is that you sit face-to-face with a a romantic partner. Okay. And you look into their eyes for four minutes. Okay. You set your iPhone for four minutes. Okay. You can't say anything. You can't. There's no touching. Okay. You're just supposed to gaze into their eyes. Gaze into their eyes. For four minutes. For four minutes. It starts out as funny. Okay. And then it becomes terrifying. Oh, it does. And then you you go through the terror, and then it, you come out the other side. It is, try it. What, if, what, if you what, have what, a romantic what, partner. What
0: happens on the other side of terror?
1: Try it. it, it uh, you, you feel seen. Okay, and you see somebody. Oh, you do. After you get out of your own way.
0: What does that mean? Because uh, you hear that in cognitive therapy a lot. You feel seen and get out of your own way, and and well,
1: because you're so you're concerned, feeling her, like feeling heard. It and all takes that you stuff. probably two and a half, three minutes to get out of your own way. Okay, and then you really are just looking at the other person. What did you see? Um, I I saw someone that left and never called me back. Okay, <laughs> really. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, it's you, you have to be in a. In a, in a it's sort of a romantic. I mean, we could probably do it. Okay, it would be a different deal. I don't want to do it right now. Why not? Because it would be four minutes of silence. Yeah, which would be bad for uh, podcast purposes. <laughs> but uh, I'm up for it. Look at just do a Google search for 36 questions. Okay, it's really fascinating. What would
0: some of the other questions be? Uh,
1: I forget, but it was developed by uh, psychologists that take yeah. you through three blocks of 12 questions. Okay, and they they uh, are. Geared geared towards intimacy so by the time you get to that last set of 12 questions yeah. uh if you're being honest and doing it uh it will be a very intimate conversation and then you look at each other for four minutes it's it's a remarkable it sounds
0: do you get up the next cheesy? day and hire attorneys because now you're like okay now we're getting a divorce this <laughs> exactly go could it go exactly. that could it go that way
1: um possibly yeah but if you're doing it with an open heart uh, it's a remarkable exercise. Really? It's It's more remarkable than the 20-second hug. It is. So just Google it. Google it. 36 questions. Okay. If you have someone that you're romantically involved with, go through it, or someone that you really like, uh-huh. uh, go through it, and then tell me what it's like to do that four-minute deal at the end. Okay. It was, it was terrifying, self-conscious, and then pretty interesting. Okay. I'm going to try this with Charlie the dog and see how that works. I think Charlie would win, probably. Yeah. Anyway. How's that hug? So my my back is still sweaty where your hand was. Oh, sorry.
0: I didn't enjoy it much either. I thought I'd enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I didn't. That's because I,
1: I wasn't allowed to hug back.
0: You want to do it again? No, well, I don't. Well, i be, do it, be no. hugging? Nothing. No. That was weird. There's no one in the house. Just you and know, I. A couple microphones. Two turntables and a microphone. Yeah.
1: Big hug to all of you.
0: in the Ronda Foundation Nation. Podcast number 23. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your day with us. We sure do appreciate it. Podcast drops every single Wednesday right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network, and all you have to do is hit subscribe, and it'll end up in your mailbox. You have to post there. What's
1: that? It all queued up to hit the post. Oh. You're
0: listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, RonandDon.com. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. I want to thank everybody that came out to the Fran Nordstrom Guild Gallo the other night. And, boy, was it a hoedown. They had a really cool hoedown. to raised thousands of dollars for Children's Hospital. That's exactly what they did. Uh, the place was sold out. It was amazing. Ron and I got to host. And we appreciate Christy Peterson everybody at the Fran Nordstrom Guild. For making a part of something, making us a part of something bigger than yourself. So that was really great. And we appreciate everything that they've done for Children's Hospital and really appreciate everything they've done for mental health when it comes to kids, because that's kind of what that night was all about. So thank you to you if you were there and you were a part of it. Uh, We really appreciate you. And we want to extend a note of uh, gratitude. So speaking of uh, the Fran Nordstrom Guild, I don't drink anymore. I used to, when when I would drink, I'd always order an Uber or Lyft. So I don't order an Uber or Lyft as much. Uh, but if I'm going to some, some some part of town, I have to be there at a particular time, I will call an Uber or Lyft. Uh, yesterday, I went to the game, the Seahawks game. They won yesterday.
1: Yeah, it was a good game.
0: They don't have a defense, but it looks like they have an offense, and that's that, it'll be a very different year for them at 7-2, and two, and we'll see how they finish up, because it looks like they're just going to be in a lot of shootouts until their uh, defense gets a little better. Uh, but nonetheless, when I went to the Fran Nordstrom Guild event the other night, I took a Lyft. When I went to a Seahawks game yesterday, I took a Lyft. If I feel like there's going to be no place to park, then I'll take a lift the thing that bothers me though is as soon as you get out of the car your phone dings and they're asking for a tip for the driver that just dropped you off and then if you don't tip the driver right then what they will do is then they send you an email so uh they send you a text message then they send you an email if you don't tip... and a
1: notification on the app.
0: Yeah, and if you don't tip them then, then later on they remind you if you don't tip them then. Then when you go back in the app to use the app, let's say at the end of the event the other night or the end of your time at the stadium, then they ask you again to tip, and the tips are pretty hefty. They start out at two, two, then they want four, then they want six, then they want eight. Uh, it's never just a dollar uh they want 15% 20% 25% of the ride whatever that was and if you're you remember uh when we all started to ride share there were no tips and it was the drivers who finally came out and said hey uh we need to ask for tips here and now you have these ride share companies that are doing it on their behalf so they're not exchanging cash in the car and sometimes i just i'll get in a car and I don't have a good experience, or the music's playing loud, or the gentleman or lady will be on their phone, uh, or the car's super dirty inside, and I'm surprised that it's an Uber or a Lyft. Uh, and, and now the app wants to engage me, and they want me to tip this driver. And instead what you do uh, is you can be tempted to start complaining about your experience. And I don't want to complain about my experience either. I just want to get from point A to point B. It bugs me a little bit that when they ask me for a tip and I don't tip the first time that they keep coming at me for a tip for that particular driver. Well, so for the how, first how you, time, how do you do with that?
1: Uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to figure it out. And that's why this this uh, study that just came out is uh, really informative to me. People have been studying tipping for a long time. We've talked about it on the, on the Ron and Don show for a long time about restaurants or, you know, you go to the laundromat. Sometimes there's a tip jar. and You're like, really? Uh, yeah. Like, do I, who do I need to tip? How much do I need to tip? Uh, and they've a lot of restaurants in the Pacific Northwest are like, they'll put on their menu. Now our tips go into one giant pool. We're going to divvy it up with the back of the house staff and the front of the house staff. Or I've seen menus now that say we're, we're w- when you tip, we're keeping it. Cause we already pay our, our, our staff a living wage. That's a new one that I've seen a couple times. Oh
0: wow! I haven't and seen so
1: that. the interesting thing, though, is economists have a hard time studying this because it, it you can only get little bits of data here and there, and it's hard to aggregate it all and to, to get reliable info on who was doing the tipping, where was it happening, what was the circumstance. And so Uber opened up their information to economists to study. They gave them 40 million Uber rides. And they gave them all the tipping data. And the interesting thing they could do is they know the gender of the person that tipped. They also know the gender of the driver. Mm. They could use the geographic information to know what was the demographics of that neighborhood. Was it an affluent neighborhood? Was it a poor neighborhood? Mm. What was the racial makeup of that neighborhood and of the driver and of the patron? So they're able to throw this all in. Before I get to the results, do you think you would be biased— even either overtly or subconsciously, about the gender of the driver, would you tip more or less depending on the gender of the driver?
0: On the gender of the driver. What, would I? Yeah. No. I, you, you don't think you would? Do, what about the age of the driver? Uh, it, well, hang on. If, if, if I'm in the car and the driver's a female and they start ta- talking about having children and that she's a single mom, I, I, if that comes up in that conversation, then I'd probably end up tipping her more. I'd probably tip her five. So $5. you, you
1: do have a bias against gender. What about well, age? not
0: against. I'm just saying. Wait, you have a, you have a. My ba- if my baseline is two dollars. And I'm talking to someone that's a single parent because I'm a single parent. Then that may go up to that may go up to five dollars is if, if in the conversation. So more I, than double. I find out one of the reasons that they're driving so, is because they're a single parent. All I'm that, would is that, be, that there are that would be, biases. That would be for a man or a woman. A lot of times, what I do with guys that have children is I'll give them twenty dollars in cash and I'll say I'm going to give you twenty dollars, but promise me you'll do this: that you'll buy your kids ice cream tonight, and that they get addicted to sugar and right. they end up dying young. So what about not, what about race? Which is which is, which, which is not awesome on my part. Do you think there's part.
1: a bias on race?
0: Uh, I know in our culture there is a bias on race, so I'm going to have to say, of course there's a bias on race. Yeah.
1: Okay, so this is where it gets super interesting. Uh, and so the from the data, they say, that when looking at 40 million rides, they can tell... Who's going to tip b- by the rider before they ever get into an Uber? Really? So there is a there are people that tip mm-hmm. and people that don't tip. Like and, and it doesn't matter on service. What so
0: about they- tipping sometimes?
1: The, well, let me just go through because I, okay. I don't know that specific one. Okay. So they can say uh, of these 40 million people, we're pretty confident on the ones that are going to tip before they even step into a car. Mm. So that I found really interesting. You, you, you go through life with the mindset of either I am going to be a, the type of person that tips yeah. or I'm going to be the type of person that doesn't tip. Okay. Men... Mm -hmm. tip more often than women by a small mark. So men tip around 17% of the time. Women tip 14.3% of the time. Those numbers, to me, are exceptionally low. So the vast majority of people do not tip. Wow, I didn't know that. When they pull up the thing on the app, they just hit ignore. They hit $0 and they walk away. And so also, now here's the thing where it's really interesting. Men that have a female driver tip 12 percent more if the driver is young so if it's a younger female driver yeah men will tip more okay once that driver the female driver so you're a man you're in the back if once that woman gets to the age of 65 yeah it's it's totally gone so the increase in the male's tip wow disappears as the woman gets older Women also tip women drivers more, but their age doesn't matter. So a woman with a woman driver will tip more all the way up and including women uh, at 65. Mm. So that I found very interesting. Drivers, so drivers, not the passengers. If a driver has a lower income or is Hispanic, they get tipped less. So if you are a Hispanic driver, you get tipped less than uh, another racial makeup. And then also riders leave higher tips if the driver shows up on time. So if you're looking at your app and it says this driver will be here in six minutes and the driver is there in six minutes, your tip goes up. Now, if you see the same driver a second time your tip goes up 27%. Oh, wow. If you see them a third time, it goes up again. Wow. So if you're in your neighborhood and that driver cruises the same neighborhood, you're going to tip them more, at least up to three times. And then riders... If rider, so if you're a passenger, if you have a perfect five-star rating, you're going to tip twice as often as even someone with 4.75 stars. And oh. then the, the biggest time frame for tippers is 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. And so the interesting thing to me was it's easy to overlay the men tipping younger women as some sort of patriarchal thing. Uh, and I think as a guy, you do feel... For societally, that you're supposed to pitch in. At least I do. If 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 I have a driver that's a twenty something woman, uh, there's this overlay that's like, ah, I guess I'm supposed to tip more because that's my role in society and that's their role in their society. And even though, because you're the sugar daddy of society, no, not that you're the sugar daddy. You just feel there's like the you don't feel that. No. If it's a if it's a young Uh -uh. female driver you're like oh you treat them the same as a middle-aged male
0: driver i'm i'm tipping on service if someone's on their phone and i tip i would say 75 percent of the time that would be interesting to me when people tip and don't tip and why if you're on your phone talking to someone the whole time you're not going to get a tip from me uh if i get in your car and the music's loud and you have the seat opposite the driver's side the passenger side up front cranked all the way to the back and i'm trying to get in and you don't have the forethought of moving that seat up and you and i have to ask you to move that seat uh or i have to get out of the car and move the seat myself then i'm not going to do that if it's game day and you don't even know it's game day and you don't have the game on you're just you're you're just impervious to the fact that the game is on. It's the fourth quarter. The Seahawks are tied against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you're down picking up stadium traffic and you don't have the game on. You're not going to get a tip from me. You're just not. You're not. Uh, unless you let me find the game on your radio, which I was able to do yesterday. You left the game early? Then I might leave the five bucks. What's that? You left the game early. I'm a single dad, man. As soon as that game was tied up, I know I got to get out of here. Because if I don't get out of here, uh, then I'm never going to get out of here. I'm going to be five hours late to the babysitter. So, nonetheless. Yeah, I tip sometimes. Sometimes I don't. That's
1: a shockingly no number, 17%. Yeah. If I, if I'm,
0: I'm really shocked If
1: it. I'm reading this right. No. It says... Women tip 14% of the time with Uber. Men tip 17% of the time. Men's tips are also bigger.
0: That's yeah, that, really low. Yeah, that is really low. That's crazy. Hey, uh, don't forget, Ron and Dunn are licensed real estate brokers. We do something called a Ron and Dunn Coffee, where you can just sit down and have coffee with us. Uh, we did that with our friend Mary last week. We sat down. I made the coffee. She thought the coffee was fantastic, by the way.
1: Didn't you actually have someone assist you in the coffee making? Maybe
0: I had someone assist me. Uh, Don't
1: don't pretend like I I saw what went down.
0: Yeah, nonetheless. you
1: wandered around the machine for a while, and then I I didn't see you actually make the coffee. What was
0: cool, though, is Mary had a property, and she just wanted to know what her property was worth. And so Ron did some really cool neighborhood comparisons. Uh, We sat down. We had a PowerPoint presentation. We drank some coffee. And... uh, we made a new friend i think and i think you made a new friend mary's been my friend for a while and then she walked away with knowing hey this would be a good time to sell my house this would be the strategy and uh this is what my house is really worth this is what the net proceeds would be and this is what i could go if i wanted to go out and buy which she does this is what i could afford so don't forget there's a little halt in the condo market right now so it's a great time to jump out and buy condos. condo as we head into the holidays And money has never been cheaper. It really hasn't. So it's a great time to own a piece of real estate. And we'd love to sit down, have a cup of coffee. We call it a -a Ronadon sit-down. If you'd like to sit down with us, all you have to do is go to ron at windermere.com. Send him a note. Or you can send me a note. Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Those email addresses are up at ronanddon.com, and it just starts with a cup of coffee. And uh, we'll sit down. If I can't make a good cup of coffee, we'll have somebody make a good cup of coffee for you. Uh, Stuff I make sometimes a little strong, dog, isn't it? It's the Ron and Don Show, episode number 23, only on the Ron and Don Review Network. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's The Ron Don Show, starring Ron Don and sometimes me at wrongdawn.com. Ronadon show only on the Ronadon Radio Network, all brought to you by our real estate company, Ronadon, our licensed brokers at Windermere. If you'd like to do a Ronadon sit down, it's really just sitting down with us, grabbing a cup of coffee, learning more about each other and where you are in your journey. Uh, we had Corin reach out to us last week. She's thinking about her and her husband, who are commuters, buying a place sometimes next spring. She said, Is it too early to start having this conversation? I think it's the perfect time to have this conversation because next thing you know, we've run through the holidays. It's the first of the year, and then uh, we see a lot of yard arms, which means a lot of yard signs, a lot of things. People kind of hold off the market, and they wait as we head into winter and spring to spring them on us. So you want to make sure that you take that time to get ready. And uh,
1: Does the Ronadon sit-down include a 20-second hug from you?
0: Yeah. You know what? That's a great – I didn't even think about that. You could get a three-second hug from Ron at the sit-down, or a 20-second hug from me, and then we'll get you a cup of coffee and get to know each other. I like that. Anyway, excited for Corn and uh, her husband as they think about, yeah, where are we going to live as uh, they get ready to retire, and uh, how much house could we buy, and how much yard work do we want to do? Those are all questions uh, we talk about. At the sit down. Yeah, twenty second. Uh, and if it's a couple, 20 seconds for him and her, or I could just hug, I could just give a big group hug. I could do that too. So I'm very comfortable with that. Maybe we just call it the Ronadon hug instead yeah, of the Ronadon sit down. Probably not. Okay. Anyway, everything is up at uh, ronandon.com dot com, and again, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And uh, thank you to everyone that has uh, reached out and said, "Hey, I want to have a cup of coffee." With
1: I'm you guys. curious to get your take on this. Uh, it's a column by uh, Gene Balk, the F uh, Y I guy, the Seattle Times, which I really enjoy his work. And uh, we've talked for years about the seeming battle of government versus car ownership, and and a lot of people fe- feel like. This place does not want me to have a car. Well, Gene looked at the entire country in Seattle specific, the Pacific Northwest, saw the largest drop in car ownership of any major city in america and so this is the lowest it's been uh, since the 1980s of people that are buying cars and uh it's upwards of what is it 19 percent now i think uh people inside the city don't have cars and so he's trying to figure out why that is or what's going on here with this trend because you see other big cities like like oakland california similar size to the, the downtown proper they went up uh, the most in America, and Seattle goes down the most in America. And you know, as a guy that kind of needs a car to get around, I can't tell you now. that since we're in the real estate game, my parking just per month budget on parking, I just got to bite the bullet. It is incredible now. Uh, I got that pay by phone app. So you, you op- I open it up. I got my car details in there. You just hit the little GPS thing. It tells you what street you're on. And then there, there are some places. That it's, you know, we had a meeting last week just to talk about the Ronadon show. And it was, I think, $11 for me to park on the side of the street. Um, And depending, you can go from one block to the other block and it'll be $3 every half an hour on one street. And you turn the corner and it might be $2 for an hour there. It's incredible some of the parking rates that I get. And so that's just because I I need a vehicle. If I'm going to go meet and do a Ronadon sit down, I got to go to that place and be there. I guess I could do an Uber. Uh, but it wasn't, it's, it's typical for me to spend, I don't know. I spent $17 the other day running an errand just for parking. And so it, you do feel a squeeze, um, the the tunnel now is going to start tolling. Yeah. The new Bertha tunnel, that starts on the 9th. Yeah. And so I got to now budget for that uh, every single day or jump off on the side streets or take I-5, which typically takes longer. And so I, I can see why people feel the squeeze. And so they look at this and go, well, maybe... I'll just live close to work. If I'm working at Amazon or I'm working uh, uh, somewhere downtown, I'm just going to buy a smaller place. I'm going to live there because having a car... Paying for the car, the insurance on the car, the parking of the car is going to be so much money. Maybe I'll just spend a little bit more in rent and not have a vehicle.
0: Yeah. And I know there, there are a lot of people out around here, uh, to your point, that drive cars that would much rather get on a fast-moving train. Of course. But it is very difficult to get on a fast-moving train. And you talk to people down the south end that ride ride the Sounder up, for instance. Those trains are so, so crowded. Uh, And if you don't use the train so many times a month, they end up yanking your pass. So you have to use the train for all the passes that are out there. And then the things that are just going on on the train, because a lot of times you think, I'll get my laptop out and I'll get some work done. There, people are just packed in there like sardines, so you're not going to get any work done when you're sitting on the train. Or people have this romantic idea that they're going to sit there and read a book. A lot of times, when you're on the sounder, your head's just on a swivel, uh, and you're trying to figure out where to get on, where to get off. As I'm standing, is there a place to sit? Uh, I did take the train to the uh, UW Oregon game. Yeah,
1: and it was actually wasn't bad. There's was a ton of people on it, but it was it was pretty pretty nice. But actually. if
0: you're going to try to work on the no, train, no, there's no way it could. Work. Yeah, there's no way. So and, and that's what I think. That's what was kind of sold to us. You're going to get on the sounder, you're going to relax, you're going to have your lunch, you're going to have some breakfast, you're going to work, you're going to have your laptop out, your book out. And I I wouldn't be surprised. And it it doesn't work that way. It
1: would not surprise me if people uh vote down the car tab thing which is going to gut light rail uh in the future because if you've gotten your bill lately like I just did it's incredible what was your bi- what was your bill the bill from uh my truck was $561 yeah and okay. last year it was like $900 right and so it, it's a lot of money and you see the bill the line items like $36 for this $12 for that like four hundred and fifty three dollars or whatever for light rail, yeah. And so it's it wouldn't surprise me if that thing gets voted down uh, this week, but probably while the this show is dropping, uh, the the results are going to be coming in on that. And so you're right, if 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 you could get around more fluently, then this makes sense. But I, I don't know the, these people. I think are being making a hardcore decision for that to drop by three percent, and we can't say it's a trend yet because it's one year. And it's the first year that it's happened. I think it's pretty significant, though.
0: Yeah. I think millennials look at movement as just kind of a utility, So, and, and, and they patch it, right? So I'll jump on a bike to get from point A to point B, and then maybe from a bike I'll jump on a bus, and maybe from a bus if I have to jump in an Uber on the way home. And you may go somewhere in return and use three different styles or pieces of transportation, and you don't have a problem with that. And that's what happens in cities that have a lot of water. You're here on the left coast. They're, we're trying to be higher and denser like Vancouver. However, uh, and you want people to live, work, and play in kind of the same areas. And Sa- Seattle hasn't been that. People don't live, work, and play in the same areas. They're starting to. Well, yeah, and they're starting to do that as we get higher and denser and as people say, maybe I don't have a use for a car, and if I need a car, I'll go out and buy a smart car. It's really interesting. I was just back in the Midwest a couple of months ago, and I was with my cousins, and they all drive big, big trucks, right? They all drive Fords. They drive Hey,
1: Dan, happy truck, we're going
0: door to they door all drive, over They there. all drive Chevys. All of them do. It's an F one fifty two fifty three fifty four fifty because uh, they're going to pull their boats and other things, uh, and that's the way that they commute. They commute in these big 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 trucks. But then you look at the homes that they live in. And the homes are like a buck seventy five, a buck seventy nine. Right. Uh, they don't even crack the two hundred thousand dollar mark, and they haven't in quite some time. And looking for a Tesla, while I was in north, kind of kind of north of Chicago. I look for Teslas there. I look for charging stations. I look for smart cars. Uh, I look for battery-operated oper- bikes. You didn't see any of that stuff. So people are still in their big trucks in the Midwest. And here on the on the left coast, we're having to let go of some of those big cars because we understand now transportation is basically a utility. And I'm with the millennials on that. If, if I lived in a world where I didn't have to drive around the same car, especially when you're a parent and you're picking up kiddos at different times and you're carpooling and all that, you kind of need a car. And at the same time, I don't mind jumping on a bike or jumping in an Uber or jumping on a bus. If this trend
1: continues next year, if we see another 3% drop, that's going to be very, very significant, I think, for the Pacific Northwest. But you're right, man. The, The buses, the trains are so crowded.
0: Yeah, a little bit, huh? It is crazy, All right, it's uh, the Ron and Don Show, episode number 23. Please share this on your social media, and don't forget, you can find us on Facebook. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show, and yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right, before we get out of here, we talked about hugs today and hugging each other, and uh, we opened podcast number 23 with a very awkward twenty-three. On- be- I want you to be honest now, because now we're, as we get out of here today, we're not going to talk about hugging humans, we're going to talk about hugging dogs. Yeah. As you look back on the three-second hug that I gave you, just a couple of guys... Hugging it out in, a, in in your house all alone. I think we showed a lot of courage. <laughs> to stand here together and to be able to hug each other—that's right. love, right there, Ron. How did the three-second hug? When you reflect on that, how did you like it? Is it something you know that, re- reflecting that, that back you, now? That you would like to do with me in the future because I can provide those for you.
1: I actually think the twenty-second hug was better.
0: The, right? Yeah. That, that's what research says.
1: I would like to put you outside in the cold yeah. for like five minutes so that your just bo- ambient body temper drops, and then I think I would really enjoy it. Okay.
0: but So what What was the difference between the twenty the 20-second 20 hug I gave you and the 30-second the hug?
1: I, I think I just leaned into it a little bit. I was you like, did. this is happening. You owned it. Nothing I can do about it. I couldn't do nothing. This is uh, like you, if you, you bear hugged a little bit. Yeah. I actually felt your heart beating, which was kind of uh, okay. intimate.
0: You're a dog person. Before we get out of here, they say that dog people are probably going to live longer, but why? It comes back to hugging before we get out of here. Uh, Episode 23 is all about hugging. It says, hugging a dog, this according to our friends at NPR, they say is one of life's greatest joys. Getting to see uh, our furry uh, friends and the four legs and a wagging tail is like experiencing a love drug quite literally. Dogs and humans that interact with one another, they get a jolt, a jolt called the cuddle hormone. And they say we receive that from dogs... It helps with our cardiovascular. Uh, it helps with our heartbeat, and it also says that when we look at dogs and dog ownership, uh, dog ownership is linked to a 21 percent reduction in the risk of death. And uh, they say they've looked at this over a 12 year period. And when we give a dog a hug, there's something released called the, that cuddle hormone. And then also, there has to be something linked to the fact, like a lot of my friends I live with that that have dogs or dog people, like I took my dog on a trail run today and yesterday. So dog people, if you're out there exercising your dog just in a cardiovascular fashion because the dog is pushing you out, uh, you know, this, this, this morning was a cold morning here in Seattle. And to take your dog out For a run or walk You kind of have to be Committed to it You may not go on that walk If you didn't have oh, yeah, a dog Absolutely not So I bet when people Have dogs And their furry friends Pass away They probably notice a hit In the way that they feel About themselves From the love cuddles That's They were getting me. And then and then also When it when it comes to exercise I think yeah, too this, right? this
1: article made me Want to get another dog Like I've, I've had dogs For years You know I usually adopt Middle-aged dogs Because you go into a shelter And those are the one Everybody wants a puppy uh, And so I usually Look for the ones little middle age, but that means that I was going through dogs at a, a quicker pace. Like I wouldn't have a dog for 16 years. I might have a dog for five years or for three years or for seven years. And so recently, uh, you know, when I was going through my divorce, I had two dogs, that went down in rapid succession. One, Mm. uh, Gertie, because she was like 17 years old, I think, 16, 17, just old age. And then my dog Lulu uh, got the dog cancer, and so she had a rapid decline. And so after that, I was like, ah! Like I haven't, I haven't got a dog again. I've thought about it a bunch, and I've, I've inter, interacted with people that are, are dog people about getting a new dog. But reading this is like, man, that makes a lot of sense of having that dog with you, raising that serotonin levels every day. Yeah, it's called oxy- oxytocin.
0: Oxytocin, and you feel that oxytocin. The other thing that it does is it drives you to go outside. right? And because you're outside, we know the benefits of just working out outside. We're, and everyone in
1: Seattle will know your dog's name before they know your name, and it, you might actually meet another human being yeah, it's if you're walking weird. your
0: dog. Yeah. Anyway, so how about that? According to NPR, owning a dog or interacting with a dog, even for a short-term, reduces blood pressure, improves your cholesterol profile, All these taken together, you can imagine are going to help your cardiovascular health, and plus just the benefits of getting outside, of working out outside. I I try. I left the big box gym almost two years ago now, and all my workouts are either in my basement or when I'm done in my basement, I go outside, and usually that's that's in a form of taking my dog to go do something, and it's usually something active, so it propels you. To, to move some more and I think that that's that's probably the biggest health benefit right there plus you just found out the oxytocin that was released after that 20 second hug imagine giving that 20 second hug to a dog how about that as we as we tie it all together on the run of Charlie
1: dogs. would not do a hug for 20 seconds hey
0: he's out in his kennel in the car do you want a 20 second hug I No. bring him in
1: here I'm okay right now
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we love to have a Ron and Don sit down with you. Life's biggest transaction. It's not easy. A lot of times people are going through a divorce. You're downsizing. You're upsizing. Maybe you've gotten a little older and it's time to sell your place. Or you're looking for a vacation home. Sometimes you just want to know what your place is worth and what your net proceeds would be worth. You also want to know what's happening in my market right now, because Seattle, the Tacoma area, they're all micro markets. And some markets are going gangbusters right now. And in other markets, the micro markets, we see kind of a micro re, uh, what would you call that? Kind of a re. A regression to the mean? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Depends on where you kind of live, and we can help you with that. So kind of a reset that's happening uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. We'd love to be a part of that. Reach out to Ron at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything's at Ron and Don. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a like. Buy a Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. Throw that thing on. Send us a picture. We'll put it up on our socials, all right? He's Ron. I'm Don. Don't forget, keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next Wednesday, because that's when the show drops, right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't me Ron and Don. (laughs) You good? Okay, let's keep going.